See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to episode... Oh, my gosh, I lost count. I know I keep saying this. I probably should know, but it's, 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 it's I don't know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I don't know, one, one of those, maybe 14th already. I, I'm privileged to have host here, Herb Cogliano. I'm going to get to your bio, Herb, and then we're going to get right into it. Herb Gagliano is a CEO Scaling Up practitioner, a professor of the Scaling Up Master's Business course. He has learned firsthand what it takes to overcome many business challenges. Herb is pursuing his passion of working with leaders of growth companies to achieve more freedom by helping, helping them create industry-leading strategies, a culture of accountability, flawless execution, along with a healthy cash flow within their organizations. Herb was formerly CEO of Sullivan and Cogliano Designers, a 53-year privately held family-owned technology staffing and workforce solutions firm. And in 1993, he also founded the Sullivan and Cogliano education business. We're going to talk about that also in a bit. Herb also serves on the Carroll School of Management Board of Advisors at Boston College. Herb, nice to have you. How's it going? Philip, thank you. And it, I'm going to take you on the road because you you do the best introductions. I'm, I'm so flattered. And <laughs> thank you. And and yet I love working with your team and Align. You, you guys are so supportive and responsive. And I hope whatever we do today really contribute to your audience and your listeners. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Herb. And yes, the, the, the idea of these podcasts, you know, obviously to get more audience for Align, but What's even more important and for us in this specific episode or in these episodes is, and this podcast is to give value and to get, you know, these CEOs and head of departments to understand what they need to do to move things forward. I know Align is based in New Orleans and, you know, many years ago when they suffered from the Hurricane Katrina, Yeah, uh, we were very... Uh, we were fortunate that we were able to reach out with a group of amazing high school youths that wanted to go down and help and make a difference. And we were re really taken, taken by the level of resiliency, the love, the community that everybody in New Orleans brought together to overcome such a tragic, challenging time. And we went there for literally seven years in a row the wow. high schoolers gave up their summer vacation wow, to wow. go travel and help others. And I have to tell you, the people of New Orleans gave us as much or more than I think we contributed to them. And what it demonstrated to me is that when people are really met with adversity, mm -hmm. it can bring out the best in all of us. And it definitely brought out the best in them. And that's kind of like scaling up. Companies mm -hmm. get stuck. They deal with adversity. They may lose a key client, a key staff member, have a problem at the bank. And yet you can rebound, you can rebuild. And scaling up was one of those vehicles for me. So Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree here. But unfortunately, and as I mentioned before, it's kind of like you need these situations to happen for you to grow from them. You need to 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 kind of be dragged into it, it's just a, like this human for some reason humans are just like that they most people most humans 
need to be slapped in the face a couple of times, getting dragged in the mud a few times with Katrina, maybe more, more, you know, a little less metaphorically. And unfortunately again, and, but, but the, the, the ability to bounce back that humans have is incredible. It's, it's, you know, and I think about it, the amount of things that can go around, can go wrong in the body, right. Is, is, is incredible. It's somehow we, 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 we managed to, to, to get through it. And as, as, as a race in general, we have that ability. And I kind of really want people to understand that and realize that we can go through so much and bounce back. So yeah, that's, that's, that's great Herb. I love it. And I love how, you know, you, you did that seven years. That's a lot. That's the, a the lot. The kids were absolutely amazing. It really incredible experience. Amazing. I, I I did want to go back to your bio. I want to talk a little about school, the the the, the education business. Yeah. 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 Can, can you can you explain that a bit? Yeah. So you know, like any CEO, our company was trying to expand, and we were listening to the market, and we were a staffing service, mm-hmm. and we couldn't find enough talent. Our clients kept saying, "We need these type of people." Back in the early 90s, technology, you know, Microsoft Suite was just starting to really become prevalent. But many of us never had that in high school or college. So we did our normal recruiting, did our outreach, and then it was a make or buy. And then we said to ourselves, we need to open our own school so that we can create and develop people with better skills to get more meaningful employment and have access to more job opportunities. And a new company was born from that insight of dealing with market dynamics. I'm starting to see a trend where a lot of companies that can afford it are able, are, are, are even willing to bring people on that have the soft skills that they need and not necessarily the hard skills that they need. Yes. Yeah. So, we, we like to focus on hiring for two, two major, well, several major things. One is the core value alignment. Yeah. Do these people value the similar behaviors and treat each other in a way that we think is consistent with our company? Yeah. Whether it's responsiveness, teamwork, integrity, there's a variety of values. And I'm not judging that mine are better than yours. We need to find that alignment in order to have a good hire, regardless of their degree, years of experience, or skill set. Once we have values alignment, then we'll look at skills and experience because each role has a certain requirement for productivity. Mm -hmm. And if you have the right values and you have the right work ethic, we can train certain skills a lot easier than getting values and work ethic. Yeah. So I would always default to values in 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 work mindset first and then add the skills on top and if I can get all three it's even better but you can't always do that today. Hey C sweet and sour listeners, it's Haley here from Align. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to jump in with some exciting news. We have a new limited time promotion for listeners. You can get 10% off your first year of the Align software with the promo code NOTSOUR10. Align is a strategic planning and execution management software designed to help businesses achieve their goals faster. 
To get started, go to aligntoday.com slash demo and complete the form to book your demo today. Again, the code is not sour 10. Now back to the episode. Would you even go a step farther? Let's just say you don't have the money necessarily to uh, train people for the, the, the hard skills. Would you say lean more on the soft skills and worst case scenario, if they don't have this, the, the, the hard skills, they're not able to train themselves or, or get better faster. You just got to let them go. Is that, is that, is that something that could be an option? Um, I'm not, how do I say this? I wouldn't hire somebody knowing that I want to, I'm going to set them up for failure. Okay. I would want to put them in a role where their skill gap is not so large that their probability of ramping up would be extremely hard or overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But I do think we can set people up to bend or stretch Mm -hmm. without breaking. And I think that's probably the right balance. That's good. I like that. I like that. What about before the interview process? How do you feel? Like you know, there's there's everybody has their their thoughts on this. Some people say, you know, like I mentioned before, hire quick, like take take a long time to hire, and then worst case, you fire quick. Long time to hire and then fire quick, uh, and then there's something like quickly 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 hire and then fire quick. What are you on on any kind of? What's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I would say thoughtfully do both. <laughs> in in scaling up, we follow top grading. Top grading is a book and a framework as well. And I think there's a couple of very simple points that companies can learn from. Number one, do you have a updated job scorecard of the mission of the role, mm-hmm. the accountabilities and metrics to measure success? Yeah. And the technical and interpersonal competencies that someone's required to have to be successful in that role. I spent 33 years in the staffing industry, Philip. You wouldn't believe how many companies recycle the same job description that has not been updated in a decade. <laughs> and how can you ever oh hit the target if you never update the bullseye in the map. Yeah. Number one, a clear updated job description. I believe HR should partner with the hiring manager, but I think the hiring manager should have active involvement in writing their own. Second piece is your hiring process. If you look at the three, seven, eight, 10 steps from when a candidate submits a resume to when you actually do an offer, Mm -hmm. do you look at those steps and every time measure the success of an A player outcome? Mm. So for every 10 people hired, do you know that 90%, nine or nine out of 10 are A players? And we look at the hiring process map and every time we hire somebody, we're updating and iterating to get to a 90% A player rating, whether it's assessments, pre-screen calls, reference check, doing a case study, coming in, doing a presentation. All the secret steps for every company can be unique, but you got to keep working on that until you get high probability. The third thing 
is ongoing coaching in development. You can't just hire an A player, get busy as the manager, plop them at the desk, leave them, and think that they're going to continue to be an A player year one, year two, year three, and beyond. So I find that you have to have the patience Mm -hmm. to develop and mentor, coach up people. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the courage to top grade and coach out those C players that just are not motivated, not engaged, and don't have a willingness to develop with you. Is there a definition for A player? And I know you you skipped B player as well. Is there a definition for the AC player? Can you? Yeah. Yeah. An A player is somebody that you can afford to hire. That is at that pay rate is the best person in that category that can live up to your values and be consistently successful with with the productivity requirements of that role. Mm -hmm. A B player is somebody that lives up to your core values, Mm -hmm. but is non-performing at the right productivity level. And a C player is somebody that is not living up embodying the values at a high level and not achieving productivity. But you know what the worst one to deal with is? The B players? No. There is a category that I would call a BC player, somebody that that has low core value embodiment, but is highly productive. Mm -hmm. And those people are getting results but they're not really behaving consistent with the way you work and treat each other. So they can become a cancer in a department. It's extremely hard to build any team around them, but they keep producing some results. I've seen them in every department. Yeah. I I call them the analogy is a diva. It's all about them. They can fill an audience in an auditorium for a sold out crowd but you wouldn't want to hang out with them after the show. Obviously things have changed, right? After all, like the past two years, uh, things have kind of, depending which industry you're in, either gone incredibly, incredibly well because people needed you during the, the, the pandemic or incredibly horrible. And now we're seeing kind of the aftermath of this, everything from hybrid to mandating coming in to mandating remote has it affected the way you've, you you need to coach? I think it affects the way I need to coach, and I think it affects the way leadership teams need to lead. Yeah. Communication and engagement is such an important piece of a company's success. Mm-hmm. And a lot of leaders did not know how to communicate the right way in a virtual environment. They're learning like, for example, we do something called the daily huddle fill up where 15 minutes every day, we have a very specific agenda. It keeps us aligned. It keeps us accountable. And yet during COVID, we switched the meeting rhythm from once a day to twice. Why? Really? People were feeling isolated. Mm. It's a long day when you're alone in an apartment looking out a window by yourself. And we knew that them feeling connected more frequently was something we had to deal with. So we had one in the morning 
And then we had one in the afternoon. We kind of made sure we were talking. We then did more virtual engagements. Mm -hmm. And we just overemphasized needing to be connected more so than when I was physically in the office. Did, were those, were those, how were those meeting, meetings set up? Were, were they uh, structured the same way or was one more, oh, what are you going to do? What, what did you do? Or was one business related, one more maybe kind of shooting the shit? <laughs> um, you know what? I saw companies kind of do things. That I think they kind of personalized it. Mm -hmm. I had some leaders that were doing the update in the morning and then kind of like lessons learned from the mm. day at the end of the day. Okay. I had other people doing things like T-shirt Tuesday and everybody wore their favorite different T-shirt and Freeform Friday where somebody would come in and play their favorite band or talk about a creative idea or a hobby. Okay. So, yeah, I just, what do you, what do you feel about, like there's, I, I'm, I'm looking at, I was looking, I'm, you know, I always look at, at, at current events or current, current news when it comes to leadership and what's going on. So for example, there's a Ford, there's a Ford article that came out. When was this? A, a week ago. The, the, the title is CEOs think office mandates will improve company culture, period. New data says they're wrong. Now, the problem I have with articles in general is that if you want to find the information you want to find, you'll find it, right? If you want to manipulate the data, if you, right? My answer, my answer to this is it depends. It always is. I'm a marketer, so I always say it depends. That, that's, that's how I can get out of a lot of you know, trouble that I get into. But uh, what, what do you think about that? I think it's very important. I think it's something that has to be taking very serious and thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give an example. I had one client that 100% of their staff had to live within 45 minutes of the office and physically be there every day. Wow. It was a sales organization. They knew you're going to work longer, work harder. And it was a non-negotiable. If you didn't live within 45 minutes and couldn't be there daily, you couldn't come in. The downside, wait, let me just, the yeah. downside, Philip, was they were losing access to incredible pools of talent that they could yeah. never reach. And they were having a hard time finding the amount of A players in their small pool. So when COVID hit, they got rid of all their office space with mm -hmm. a tremendous savings. They pushed everybody out in the field. They expanded their hiring profile to international. And now they have a pool of talent they never had access to, and it's changed their entire business paradigm. 90% of businesses fail. 10% don't. Here's why. Plans fail when you don't have the right systems and software in place. This is why we built Align, a strategic growth management software that allows you to share real-time updates and eliminate miscommunication. Align is an easy-to-use, cloud-based software with features like daily huddles, KPI dashboards, software integrations, and so much more. You can see your company's priorities, critical numbers, goals and tasks while holding everyone accountable. And all this in the palm of your hand with our mobile app. So what are your next steps? It's simple. Learn more about Align by requesting a demo at aligntoday.com. Let us make sure we land you in that 10%. Align. Achieve big goals faster. Let's get into a little bit of the nitty gritty. Let's talk about 
cash flow and profitability. Okay. How, how, how do you, when you approach a company, how do you, first of all, understand how, what, what the cash flow is and what their profitability is? And then what do you do to kind of consult them into doing a better job? Yeah, so that's one of the harder places to begin with a new client, but mm -hmm. it's a really important one because mm -hmm. without the right cash, cash is like oxygen to us breathing. If you don't have cash, then you're you're in a very high sentence, stated sense of urgency, and you just have to deal with the immediacy of your company bleeding and, and get it worked on first. So mm -hmm. we'll look at people's financials, their balance sheets, their cash flow. We have a really amazing software called Cashflow Story. We work on that with the client. And what we find is that there are seven major levers in every company that help determine cash flow, profitability, and the valuation of your business. Mm -hmm. And when I come into a company that's having a major challenge, and I'll tell you the seven levers, one is normally pricing mm -hmm. is off. Two is sales growth volume. They're not bringing in enough business. The third one is their cost of goods is normally not in alignment, meaning their gross margins are off. Their overhead may not be correct. And so their overheads are too high. Mm -hmm. And then the others are their AR days are too far out. Their accounts payable days are too short and their inventory days are too high. All these things together impact profitability on your P&L mm -hmm. and cash on your balance sheet. And if we can identify which of the seven le levers, and it may be a few of them, mm -hmm. and work on them going in the right direction, we will get the financials of the companies turned around. And I've seen amazing stories of companies within six to 18 months doing some incredible stuff because they were focused on the few right things. Is there something that you can you know, thinking of all, all your experience out of those seven, are there a few that kind of stand out as most problematic with most, with, with most businesses? People traditionally are not good with pricing. I mean, I don't know if yeah. you've ever had a class in school on pricing or something in grad school. Most people don't understand the psychology of pricing. Mm -hmm. And like there was, there was one company that when we first began, they hadn't had a price increase in 10 years. They were always afraid. I don't want to lose a customer, but yet cost of living was going up. Health insurance was going up. Salaries were going up. And he was slowly killing the company by not addressing the most important issue. He needed to address his pricing. You can price it whatever you want. So a lot of the conversations that I've had with companies that I've worked with is your pricing doesn't matter. It matters the value that you give back to your customers. And if the value, if the return on investment is there, you can price out, even if it costs you, for example, a dollar to create a product or a service. I'm just throwing out a number here. You can price it for 10K if it brings in 100 or even 50 or even, you know, yeah. usually times four, right? Times four, times, times four, times five. 
the internal psychology of the company, the CEO or the CFO or the CRO, whoever, whoever decides on the pricing, they're like, no, 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 we're not, we, we, we can't, we can't price out that far ahead. We're, you know, it only costs us like a thousand dollars a year to, for, I don't know, for, for, to do this. How can we, how can we say, oh, I want 10 K. You know what? I, I think it's a thoughtful review. We look at the marketplace pricing. We look at our internal metrics on pricing mm -hmm. and then take a look at our cost. And then we try and align with value to, to your, to your point. I always ask my client, what type of brand are you? Mm -hmm. Are you a premium brand? Are you a luxury brand? Are you a value brand or a discount brand? Mm -hmm. In your, and a lot of people, when I first begin, are all cost-based pricing, cost plus X. Mm -hmm. And what I want to help them do is, regardless of cost, if you're a value, a premium, or a luxury brand, mm -hmm. you're not a cost plus brand. That's right. You're a value-based pricing brand. And how can we help you understand that? So... I mean, if you think of bottled water, this this was an interesting example yeah. to me. Why can I go to Walmart and pay virtually nothing for a case of water? Yep. Then I can go to the local gas station, pay a little more. Then I can go to the movie theater and pay a little more. Mm -hmm. And then I can go to a concert or a pro sports game and pay 10 bucks a bottle. Now, yeah, the cost that's crazy. of that water has not changed one bit, mm -hmm. but the value of it based upon the situation, availability, and accessibility has changed, and that and the company has noticed that and take advantage. And by the way, airlines today, you can be sitting on a plane with 160 people, and all 160 paid a different price for that ticket. Yep. It's dynamic pricing. And companies that have the technology and systems to support dynamic pricing will optimize their pricing. When it comes to business leaders, are there certain traits and maybe even hard skills that you find mo most successful? I think what's really important is to have a leader that is first and foremost core value aligned. The second part of a leader, I think, is that of a person who is purpose-driven. If you understand the purpose of the organization mm -hmm. and you can align people to be emotionally connected to it, it becomes very energizing. And from a strategic point of view, Philip, it becomes very directional and helps you guide the company north to the place you want to get to. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. In staffing, if you had a company that was placing a thousand people a year and you were getting them good jobs and people were very grateful, that would be a great purpose, meaningful employment for the people you help and support. So if my purpose is meaningful employment, mm -hmm. and yet I could create a BHAG, a moonshot, mm -hmm. an amazing goal, then what if I could build a company that could place 10,000 people a year 
What would the 10x impact be in the ripple in the community and for the people that we love and work and serve? And a good leader knows how to craft that direction and energize all of us to get to it. Have you seen any kind of, or maybe even personal or hypothetically personal, maybe experiences where it, it didn't go that great? You know, I think there are companies that we've walked into that I would describe as having leadership team dysfunction, mm-hmm. where the people do not trust each other, mm-hmm. where there is not accountability, where there's not a forum where they can openly discuss or debate. It's more personal debate mm-hmm. versus understanding the issues and having good discussion around the issue and being able to agree to disagree. Those situations are not fun, nor is it something that you want to be in a long time, but I have dealt with them and I have seen CEOs who were committed to make a change, fix it. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important part to starting your scaling up journey in the right direction. If the leadership team is not aligned Mm -hmm. and engaged, healthy, then it's hard to do anything else you want to do. There are, I don't know, five, five, six main departments. There's there's finance, marketing, sales, uh, 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 legal sometimes, and HR HR and product. So IT. So I I I I throw product and IT together. It's the tech the tech side of things. And you know, sorry for anybody out there that that feel that feels different. And I know there are, but. uh, what I see, what I notice a lot of the times is that there's a disconnect between a lot of the departments, specifically when it comes to product and the other more sales marketing related ones. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that as well? And and um, do you have any way that you can think of that can connect those, those two departments together? Is there any strategy that any well, CEOs can do? I got to be honest with you, Align is a great partner with scaling up for this because what I find is in scaling up, we use something called a one-page strategic. So imagine all of your functional leaders having these priorities in their head, Mm -hmm. but what are the overall company priorities and how do we get everybody on the same page? And by allowing the team to come together to understand and identify the top overall company priorities with each other's group in consideration, Mm -hmm. we can now be engaged on what are the top most important things for the company in addition to ourselves. versus without that plan, I feel like everybody's out out for themselves. Yeah. It's not like a really... I'm out to get you. It's just kind of, look, I I got my thing and and I have to do my job and nobody's told me to do it differently. So this is how I'm going to do it. If we think about the mindset of somebody in product or an IT person is different than somebody that's in marketing and in sales, right? And I think the first thing that should be done, and this is just me remembering these the other podcasts and like and kind of i'm i'm re re repeating kind of a lot of, of you know i'm learning as much as everybody else who's listening right now and i think it's understanding that those those different leaders and people have a different mindset 
and recognize and first of all recognizing that and once you recognize that it's a lot easier to have the the, the, the to, to sorry it's a lot easier to break those communication barriers because you do understand that this person thinks a little bit differently so don't get angry at them because they think more analytically or they think in a certain way when you know usually as 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 a marketer even though I do have to think logically I have to think a lot about emotion right sure. So I need to think about how people react to something that happens. And somebody who doesn't have that experience or even that, 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 you know, brains are different, right? That's, 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 it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Brains are different. They think differently. So understanding how a person thinks is probably the first step. And then doing that once, you know, one page strategic plan, splitting up the priorities, explaining how each priority affects each department and then talking about it is, is incredibly important. So I, I, good, good, good insight right there. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm loving Philip, this. When I, when we first, first started doing this, imagine a lot of companies in the beginning, the CEO has the vision stuck somewhere up in his head mm -hmm. and you'll get pieces of it, you know, over time. Yeah. But imagine with the help of the leadership team, pulling that out of your collective heads and getting it down on something as simple as one page. Yep. And then taking that simple one page and giving it to the rest of the company and having them execute. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what happened to me with the growth software because it was so powerful. Before a line was even available, mm -hmm. these are all the one page plans every quarter our company did together over 17 years. For those, for those who are just listening, I just saw a lot of lam, a lot of laminated one, one page strategic plans. A and lot. <laughs> imagine giving that to the employees in once a quarter saying, here's the five simple things we need to do. Yeah. Here's the critical number that will make or break. Yeah. And I think people want to know a couple of simple things. Number one, where is the company going? And very simply, how do I contribute? Mm -hmm. And with the software, with the virtual environment, with people operating in different time zones, with tablets and phones and all the different devices, I no longer have to use that paper and all my stuff is integrated and... It works so well with my clients. I don't know where I'd be without it, but thank you because it, it was a game changer in, based upon what you saw me just show you. I, 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 I want to I wanna, I wanna ask you, what would you have to told yourself? Like if, if you were able to go back, I don't know, five, 10 years, maybe a little bit more because I want to, I wanna, you know, a little bit, a little bit earlier before you became a, 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 a leader an executive, what are some things you would you tell yourself that probably would have helped you along the way? I wish I knew about the book scaling up sooner. Okay. And because the people on, in our company were very smart and they were very hardworking, mm -hmm. but we didn't have a framework and we didn't have a team of MBAs sitting around ready, ready to advise us. Yeah. And what I learned was, Understanding the four most important decisions that help grow every company, decisions around people, 
decisions around strategy, execution, and cash. Mm -hmm. And knowing which one to deal with. Sometimes I'd have a people issue, but I'd try and solve it with a strategy tactic or mm -hmm. have an execution issue, which was really a people issue. Mm -hmm. And by understanding the right diagnostic of where is the actual problem and scaling up gave my team the right tool to solve a people strategy execution cash decision made my journey a lot less drama and more effective and fun. But don't we need that drama though? Like you get the street no, cred for it. No, I don't, <laughs> you don't need it. I don't have any hair. I've, I gave it all up over the 33 years. So if I could have kept some of this hair because of lack of drama, <laughs> that would have been great. I don't know. A lot of people like balds. I, I, I don't think, I don't think you, my mom is one of them. My dad is, is very, very bald and she, she loves it. So don't, you, you look great, Herb. Honestly, Thank you look great. I haven't uh, paid for a haircut for 25 years, so it's all good. So there you go. You could put that into, I don't know, some investment. Pretty, yes. pretty. Yes. <laughs> Herb, unfortunately, our, our time has come to an end. I really, really appreciate you joining us. For everybody who's listening, I hope you enjoyed the, this episode of Sea Sweet and Sour. If you, find, if you found anything particularly interesting that you feel your colleagues may enjoy, don't be shy. Remember, sharing is caring. Be sure to stay tuned and sign up for notifications on our favorite podcast platform or on aligntoday.com slash podcasts. We have some very interesting and respected guests coming up, like Warren Moore from Game of Force, Beth A. Smith, who is a people-hearted business leader, and Jeff Tetz from Unleashed Results. Last but not least, if you'd like to be a guest on C-Sweet and Sour, feel free to contact us at marketing at marketing at aligntoday.com. Herb, once again, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Is there anything you'd like to tell anybody for, you know, where they can find you? How can sure. they can contact you? Yeah. If anybody wants to reach out, they can get me on LinkedIn or they can go to aspiregrowthadvisors.com or they can email me at herb at aspiregrowthadvisors.com. And thank you, Philip. It was a pleasure being here today with you and your audience. Yes, thank you so much. All right, everybody else, uh, as I always say at the end, uh, let's get shit done and uh, have a great day. Thank you.